It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf, basketball, baseball guru, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him, Dave underscore Essler. And you can get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web. Well, here we go again, Uncle Dave, another Thursday. Got our golf tournament that has started. Some of our guys looking actually quite well. We have a bunch of games in the NBA. We have a full slate in the National Basketball Association. Today we had our first tip-off here at noon. Wizards and the Celtics, and we'll go all the way until probably midnight tonight. By the time we end up with our final game finishing between the Pelicans and Orlando, you also have the Blazers and Brooklyn. We'll talk briefly about that game. Then we have a bunch of baseball games on the card today. We're going to talk about three of those. Why don't we start in the NBA, Uncle Dave? Let's jump into... Let's jump into like one of the dinner time games today. This pod probably won't come out until a little bit later, until after a couple of these games have gone off. But I want to talk about the Spurs and the Jazz. San Antonio, they're going to be a minus eight point favorite total right now, sitting at 232. You guys take a look at the playoff scenarios. The Spurs cannot lose this game. Uncle Dave, I'm going to throw it to you first here on the Spurs and Jazz. Any interest in this one whatsoever? As I mentioned, Spurs minus eight, total 232. Well, I think, Sleepy, and you and I talked off air, I think that a lot of that Spurs jazz action is going to come late, and it's going to depend on what happens in a couple of the earlier games because, as you know, San Antonio could well uh, – their fate could pretty much be decided by the time they tip off. But if you had to make me bet that right now, I'd have to take Utah. I mean, you know, San Antonio – Tyler Zeller has already been downgraded to out. And I'm just, uh, I think they're a different team without him. I know Utah's got some issues. Conley's out, Gobert's out. But I think eight points is just a little bit too much. You know, the Spurs have one of those offenses that, for me, it's tough to see them get margins. So, you know, all things being equal, go into that game as we're taping this early before the Spurs have an idea of where they may or may not be. I I like the Jazz there, Sleepy, and I think – uh, you probably don't feel any differently. No, I certainly don't. I actually think one of the reasons why this line is up to eight is because the books are trying to, you know, screw you. We know the key number in NBA is seven. And you see a lot of lines at seven and a half. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, like taking a seven and a half or a three and a half in football. You're definitely getting the worst of it. But you're certainly getting the worst of it at seven and a half in the NBA. And I think in reality, you know, you're really screwing yourselves laying eight points in the NBA. Now, that's just, you know, we're just talking lines there. But, you know, with this game in particular, you know, the Spurs have to win this game. And not only do they have to win, they have to hope that the Suns or the Grizzlies or the Trailblazers lose. Now, they need two out of those three teams to lose. And it's going to be hard for the Spurs, I think, going into this game. Now, 4 o'clock this afternoon, Eastern time, the Grizzlies will play. And at 4 o'clock Eastern time this afternoon, the Suns are going to play. But the Jazz and Spurs, they don't tip off until 6.30. So all it takes is for the Grizzlies to win that game against the Bucks, which they're a three-point favorite right now, and the Suns to go ahead and beat the Mavericks, which they're a nine-point favorite right now. So... You have two teams that are favorites. You need them both to lose in order to get in. And if they both win, you are out. So in short, the only way the Spurs get in is if they win and two out of the three teams that I just mentioned lose, which, I mean, it seems like it's going to be a really, really tough uphill battle here for them. I mean, the Blazers are favored by nine. As I mentioned, 
Suns are favored by nine. And the Grizzlies is the game that they're probably really banking on. Now, let's just say, Uncle Dave, that the Grizzlies win and the Suns win. The Spurs are out going into that game. Or let's just say 10 or 15 minutes into that game, they know that they're out. What do you think their mindset's going to be? You know, are they going to go, all right, well, we're out of the playoffs. Let's just keep running and gunning and try to win this game. Do you think that they'll have that mentality? Or do you think it'll be, you know, and I don't know, maybe Pop will be like, you know what, let's just get all my guys out of here that are important. And since the Jazz really aren't playing anybody and the season's over, you know what I mean? It's it's, just, it's a wrap for, for, for the Spurs at that point. You know, what do they do? Do, do, do you think that they'll play their guys or no? Because I, I certainly – I would certainly expect maybe they play them for the first half or they just play them sparingly. And by that time, I think, you know, coming third, fourth quarter, that the Jazz will have at least some type of uh, a cohesion between the guys that they've had out there for the entire game that, you know, the Jazz might actually pull away with a win or certainly, I mean, I'm banking on it. So with all that said, Uncle Dave, I feel I feel pretty good grabbing the eight points here with the Jazz. What do you think going into that game? You think they're going to end up playing all their guys if they know that they're out, or how do you think they'll approach that one? Well, I don't think they will. I mean, I think – I just don't. I mean, I, I don't see it. You know, Popovich doesn't have anything to prove. The guys don't have anything to prove. You know, I would I would take that eight, and, I, and I'll bet you that closes – lower i mean at pinnacle it's already it's close to going to seven and a half now see that total sitting at 232 and a half and and i think what i would seriously look for there is the under i would i would take the jazz and the under right now and then i would look to maybe even double down in game you know if uh if if san antonio gets to the point because you got to be quick about it because the books are going to move the lines and maybe they won't even offer it because they they know that and they're not going to leave themselves exposed but if I could, and those other games finished like we think they're going to, I mean, Phoenix is going to beat Dallas, and the Memphis is Memphis's favorites for a reason over the Bucks. I, you know, I think the Spurs almost going in uh, probably know that they're not going to get there. So, you know, for that reason alone, you know, I, I'm with you. I love Utah at eight right now, and I would maybe look for an in-game something if you're watching it, and and it starts out with the Spurs, you know, maybe having a little bit of a lead, uh, and the game is relatively. Low scoring. I mean, I just, I just think you can hammer that under, to be honest with you. And, and you know, I, I let, let me, let me follow that up a little bit. I mean, I, I look at that similarly, like I looked at the Celtics and the Wizards, which is is playing right now. You know, Boston wasn't going to play anybody. Washington doesn't have anybody to play. I mean, I, I'm on the under on that one, and not, so far it's off to a pretty good start. And, I, and I think when you take the motivation out of it, which the Spurs won't have, and Utah obviously doesn't. I think that sets up for an under. I think 232 and a half is an awful lot of points. You know what I would consider doing is maybe just going ahead and playing a parlay, you know, maybe a small pizza bet, just take the jazz and the under, you know, maybe we'll, uh, no, maybe we'll catch that one, but I'm certainly going to go ahead and take the jazz at, at eight. I wouldn't be shocked once our pod comes out and people get a hold of this. Cause I noticed this yesterday, there was a prop up that we had yesterday and it was one of the first ones that I gave out and it was taken off the board. So, you know, a lot of these niche plays that, that were given out on the pod, you know, people are betting them because we know that we, because they know that we actually do well. And, and some of the books are just, you know, they end up lopsided, you know, they end up taking, it's like, Oh, we, we got 40 bets on this one prop, you know, something's up, take it down. And, you know, we'll see that from time to time. But I, I believe that, you know, once our pod comes out here and people kind of, you know, are watching the scoreboard and they're like, okay, they're going to win. They're going to win. That number is going to drop. 
you know, that everybody's going to jump on that. So I'm going to bet it first just because I, I don't think the Grizzlies are going to lose, and I, don't, I certainly don't think the Suns are going to lose, and I don't think there's any way in hell that the Blazers are going to lose. But speaking of the Blazers, Uncle Dave, the Blazers right now, they'll be the eighth seed if they beat the Nets tonight. And they can also get the eighth seed if the Grizzlies, Suns, and Spurs, if they all lose, which I don't think that they will, but I believe Portland will end up one way or another with that eighth seed by the end of the night. The Grizzlies, they can get the eighth seed. Now they have to go ahead. They have to beat the Bucks today, and they have to hope that the Blazers lose to the Nets, which I don't think that'll happen. And then the Suns, you know, one of the most intriguing teams, obviously they, you know, they were 7-0 so far in the bubble. You know, they could still get the eight seed if they beat the Mavericks tonight, but then they need the Blazers and the Grizzlies to both lose. And Phoenix, they could actually get the nine if they win and the Blazers lose or the Grizzlies lose. So it's it's going to be pretty cool, you know, going into tomorrow to see what happens or actually by the end of tonight to actually see how everything shakes out to see who's in or out. And with all that said, I, I honestly think that the Spurs are just going to find themselves out of the playoffs by the end of tonight. So... That's one of the big reasons why I'm going to go ahead and back the Jazz. Um, not sure. You got anything else for NBA, Dave? You want to follow up with any of that that I just mentioned? Well, I'm looking forward to the playoffs, and I'll tell you right now. You know, I think we can. We, you know, you can't concede anything, but you know, we can almost concede Portland is going to be the eighth seed. And I'll tell you right now, they're a team that nobody wants to play right now, including the Los Angeles Lakers. So I'm already looking. I'm already eagerly chomping at the bit to see what that uh, game one line is going to be between Lakers and Portland because, I mean, you know the Lakers, you know, everybody's sort of sitting out there thinking, well, they're just waiting, they're just waiting. Well, I'd be more afraid of the Clippers right now if I was uh, the Lakers, but I'll tell you right now, Portland's a team nobody wants to play, and I will, I will almost assuredly be taking Portland in game one against the Lakers. I'll tell you right now, every single wise guy, is going to end up betting the Lakers in game one. And here's the reason why, at least this is the reason why I think. They're going to say the Portland Trail Blazers were how far out they had to go through all these teams. They had to win all these games. And there's going to be some type of a whew, breath of fresh air where they go into the playoffs and it's like, all right, cool. We, we, you know, we have a chance here to knock off the Lakers. And it's not that I don't think that they can handle that spotlight. Obviously, you know, the Blazers have been there, you know, many a times in the playoffs. They've played some of the best teams in the playoffs. You know, they've won and they've lost. So it's not that I don't think that they can, you know, rise to the occasion. But I do think that there's going to be some type of, you know, breath of fresh air coming from that team going, you know, we got a series that, that we can obviously win. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see that line come out, you know, Kind of low. I wouldn't shock me. And I think you'll see a lot of people jumping on the Blazers, but I'll I'll bet you at least in the Vegas echo chamber that there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to end up jumping on the Lakers just because of that, that pure effect. I don't know which way I'd go with that game, to be honest with you, if that ends up being, you know, what, what all shakes out. Because the Blazers are weird. They're a team that they'll play down to their competition and they'll play up to their competition. And if they're up by a ton, you know, it's they, they let teams crawl back in it or they fall behind and it's, you know, let Dame just go ahead and shoot them right back in, which, I mean, he does it all the time. So it, it's going to be an interesting series, but the Blazers do scare me, you know, in the first game if that is if that is the matchup. But I certainly get your, you know, your understanding there, Uncle David, 
the Lakers don't look good right now. I mean, they just don't. And if you're going up against a team like the Blazers who are, you know, ripping and running, I think if they know, if they do, if they do win that first game, Uncle Dave, or let's just say, I'm going to say if they win, I don't want to say if they cover because the cover doesn't really mean shit to them. But if they do go out and win that first game against the Lakers, then I would more than certainly go ahead and fade them in the second game because I have a feeling that maybe they didn't take their breath of fresh air yet. Maybe they're just like, you know, we got to keep our foot on the, on the gas here. And if they do get a win, then it kind of does afford them a little bit of an opportunity to go ahead and take a breath of fresh air. But we'll see how that all works out. But don't be shocked. The Vegas echo chamber isn't all over the Lakers in game one. So, Dave, I know you like the uh, the Vegas echo chamber conversations and topics every now and again. Would you agree or disagree that that might be the direction that they would look in that first game? Well, I think you may be right, but I'm not going to back down on that for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, I see your point about Portland kind of going, you know, Let's take a breath. But this game tonight is not going to require an awful lot of energy, I wouldn't think, to beat Brooklyn. So I'm, I'm thinking that, that that hangover, the Portland potential hangover, might be later, you know, game two, game three. And the other thing that I'm always, I don't care what sport it is, you know, you said it, we know the Lakers haven't been actually dominant. You know, they barely beat the Nuggets, lost to the Pacers, crushed by the Rockets. You know, you don't just turn it on. And turn it off when you need to, you know. Look at football, for example. How many teams that go into the playoffs sort of just going, yeah, 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 have stuff clinched or whatnot that that either get beat or really struggle early. And how many other teams that that you know win their last four games and barely get in there that do really well? So I'm thinking that hangover might be later. So if the echo chamber says Lakers, I'm going to fade the echo chamber, and I think I'll take Portland now. You know, there's a number where I may not take Portland, but, you know, I don't think it'll go that far. So um, I'm going to disagree with the echo chamber and be an anti-wise guy here, Sleepy. I'll be honest with you, Uncle Dave. More than likely, today's going to be the last day that I bet the NBA. I might go through, you know, maybe some of the later games and maybe live bet, you know, some props or, or something like that. But, you know, right now with these teams just not caring, it's just, it's kind of, I think you're just committing kind of bankroll suicide, but I think the one angle that we certainly have, you know, is go ahead and, and play in the jazz under, but, you know, going back to that Laker and, and Blazers game, you know, I, I, I would tend to agree with you that, that, you know, they, they certainly don't want to go, you know, we went through all this crap. We went through all these games and we worked our rear ends off and, you know, it's, it's not like this is a normal, like they had to come from Portland you know, deal with the COVID thing, go into the bubble. And it was like, did we do all this work to get here, to get into the playoffs, to play this team, to go into game one and lay down? I don't think so. I think they'll go in there probably max motivated. And I think that game two, that they'll probably take that breath of fresh air, especially if they get a win, I would certainly fade them. And maybe it'll set up, you know, kind of like the zigzag theory, but that's going to be an interesting one. If the Lakers do actually end up playing the Blazers where, you know, it's going to be the Lakers are going to have to dominate from the inside and they're going to have to win in there. And I'm not sure, you know, that they're going to have a, a ton of success, but the Lakers will win on the inside. If Nurkic is playing, you know, if he's balling, the Lakers are going to be in trouble because there's no way in hell the Lakers are going to shoot they're just not going to outshoot Portland. They're just not. I mean, they Portland will crush them if it comes to, you know, a three-point shooting contest. I mean, you got Melo out there. You got Lillard. You got McCollum. It, it could end up turning into an ugly series. And, 
you know, a bunch of excuses for all the, you know, LeBron lovers. But anyway, Uncle Dave, that's the NBA for today. I'm kind of done with the NBA. I'm just kind of just waiting for the playoffs at this point. I mean, it it was a a pretty cool bubble, and I'm really glad that they did it like this because I'll I'll be honest, I don't think if they they played in the bubble that they would have gotten this done, that there would have been some breakouts. And we've seen it in baseball, but give baseball credit, they've they've actually managed quite well to go ahead and not – you know, end up having to cancel their entire season. So let's jump over to Major League Baseball here, Uncle Dave. Let's start out with, there's a game at 5-10 today, Eastern time, between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Pittsburgh's going to have Williams on the mound, Cincinnati. Going to have one of your guys on the mound, Desclafani. Here's Desclafani again, drawing a massive price right now. The Reds minus 180, total sitting at 9. A little bit of juice here on the under. Curious what you're thinking about that contest today. You know, Sleepy, I'm going to tell you, I'm uh, a big Desclafani fan. You know that. But I'm trying to find a way to take the Pirates' run line. I mean, you know, 175 is a lot. And one of the reasons I, I'm starting to like that an awful lot is that total open 9.5. It's, it's down to 9, juiced under it. You know, at some of the sharp books, it may go to 8.5, which obviously would give me more value. And, you know, as, as bad as Pittsburgh is, Trevor Williams is, is probably their best option. I mean, he's uh, he's got a whip in his three starts at 1.1, which is really good. He hasn't been beaten up too bad. I mean, the Cardinals beat him up, you know, when the Cardinals were still playing. And, and the Cubs hit him reasonably well. Um, but in his last start, he only gave up three hits to the Twins and struck out five and didn't give up a home run. Now, that's enough for me to think – that even a three and thirteen like the team like the Pirates might be somewhat doable uh, for the game because if you look at the Reds, their bullpen is like horrible, sleepy. I mean, horrible. You know, the the bullpen ERA in the last eight games is almost eight and a half. They've, they've saved two games this season and blown four. So any Reds bet on Descafani would have to be first five. And yeah, he's been lights out. You know, two games. Five innings, three hits, six innings, two hits. But what is telling to me right there is five innings and six innings. So he hasn't been pitching super deep. So I could I could make two bets here. I, I, I could make three bets. I could I could take the under for the first five. I could take the Reds for the first five. But I really like the Pirates' run line for the game. I mean, I, I just think that's almost a gift given the fact that the Reds have – like little or no bullpen. So, you know, we talked that through and you might have talked me into it. So thanks for your help. So I think the bet that I would make your Uncle Dave is I would probably go ahead and play the Reds in the first five. I get to go ahead and eliminate that bullpen. But my concern here for Pittsburgh is the fact that they haven't played since the eighth. So they've been off for a couple of days. And I don't like, you know, teams that are off for a number of days and then come back and try to get their bats going. And I certainly don't want to go ahead and lay the minus 175 with Desclafani for the game. So I'm get, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and guess that at least I can get a better price with them for the first five. And it's not like the Reds have been ice cold. Yeah, they're coming off a loss yesterday, so they should be you know, a little bit motivated to go ahead and get a win. But that team's been putting up runs recently. I mean, they had, they had four yesterday, six the day before. They had three against Milwaukee, and then four, and then eight. So, it, you know, their bats are at least – turning around somewhat and I don't know about Williams you know Williams is sketchy to me 
he probably is their best pitcher on their in their lineup though. But you know, how how's he going to be after you know not pitching for you know ten days? It's just something that that I don't like. To, I don't like backing you know pitchers that aren't in some type of a routine. So I don't know, Uncle Dave. It would probably be Reds first five for me. If I could get a decent number, I would have to go ahead and check the sports books on that. And like we said, you know, we haven't really spoke about these games yet or we haven't bet anything yet. So um, that would be where I go with that one. Let's jump over to a little bit of a later game here. Uncle Dave, we do have the Brewers and the Cubs. Cubbies, they're going to have Darvish on the mound. Brew Crew, they'll have Anderson, the lefty, on the mound right now. The Cubs minus 167 total eight and a half i'll throw it to you first on this one uncle dave what are you thinking well do you think it's like way too easy to take darvish and the cubs at home i mean i, I certainly do you know I, every time i look at a brewers game i think josh hater josh hater josh hater now he screwed me a few times but uh, you look at the cubs and, and this game is you know on paper very much like the reds game we just talked about how can i take the cubs bullpen you know, their, their, their bullpen has an ERA of six and a half and a whip of one and a half on the season. And yeah, the, lately they've been pretty good. But lately, lately, who have they played? Since they played the Brewers when they opened the season, they've played the Indians a couple of games this past two days. And the Indians can't hit. We know that. Played four games against the Royals, three games against the Pirates, and four games against the Reds. So are those stats... A little bit. I mean, I think we can really look at that now that we have a, a reasonable sample size of who these teams have played. Now, no disrespect to the Cubs, no disrespect to Darvish, but the Cubs have been really beaten up on the weak sisters. And, you know, Darvish, he can be had. If he's going to be had by anybody, he's probably going to be had by a team that's seen plenty of them. And he already pitched against the Brewers. He opened the season, I think, back on July 25th against the Brewers. And didn't fare overly well. I mean, I just think Darvish is grossly overvalued. I, I don't love Brett Anderson, but, you know, if you look at that total as well, you know, here you have a Wrigley total of uh, eight and a half. Um, and actually at Pinnacle is eight and a half under minus 106. So it's not going to go to nine. And there's, 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 there's something telling me here that the Brewers run line is worth looking at. And, I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that I will. Uh, I could be dead wrong, but... Uh, I'm not laying that price on uh, Darvish at minus 165, minus 170. And, and honestly, uh, you would almost think that that would be more. Right now you got two-thirds of the bets are on Darvish. It opened 170. It's still 170. Um, that's that's kind of supporting my theory that you know, maybe the Brewers are a little undervalued here in the run line. Basically, I think that's cheap. You can probably get that minus 115. So I'm leaning pretty heavily Brewers run line, Sleepy. I don't know what I would do with that game. I mean, you know, I like the Cubs as, as far as, you know, I had a season win total bet with them. I mean, they're already got 12 wins. I mean, they're tied what right now for like, well, they're not tied actually. Oakland has one more win than they do, but I mean, the Cubbies are just ripping, ripping teams apart. And as you mentioned, they're playing, you know, you know, beating on the little sisters of the poor, but I, I don't, I don't know if I could go against Darvish. I mean, he's, he's pitched rather well. I'm kind of on the fence on that one. There's no way I, w- I want to lay 170. And in a total that's not, you know, trending towards 10 at Chicago, 
you know, do I want to lay a run a run and a half with them to go in and get a better price? No. You know, when I see the eight and a half unders, usually I, I'm just there's no way I'm gonna go ahead and lay the Cubs run line. It's just it's just not gonna happen. I, I the only one of the typical things that I like to do, and this is just for me, you know, if you're not if you're trying to lay a run and a half, you know, you gotta at least get a game where they at least expect some runs. If you're trying to lay one and a half in you know, a, a game that's aligned at seven or a game that's aligned at like eight, eight and a half, you know, it, it's going to be tough. And that's just the way that I think about it. It's just a bet typically that I just don't make. And I could be wrong, maybe statistically, you know, maybe, maybe it is, you know, a good bet to make. But for me, it's just, it seems like it's just such a risk. So I definitely won't take the Cubs on the run line. I don't know what to do with that total. The only thing I could do here is probably more than likely just go ahead and dig into some player props and just pass the game. I mean, maybe I could find a guy that that's been hot against Anderson or hot against Darvish that, you know, the market just hasn't, you know, hasn't had any action in. And maybe I could attack it that way. That's the only thing I could do with that one. I had no strong opinion for me on that one, but I, I certainly will be looking in the, into some props tonight with that game. Let's jump over to a late game here. Uncle Dave, we had the Padres and the Dodgers. Dodgers offense woke up late last night. They ended up, taking down the Padres six to nothing. Urias will be on the mound here, minus one thirty eight. Paddock will be on the mound for the Padres. Total eight and a half. Juice to the under. I'll let you go ahead and rip and run on this one first, Uncle Dave. What are you thinking? Well normally when I see the Padres and Paddock, I want to bet on them. And that was the case here when I saw that and thinking, you know, that's a you know a plus money for the Padres. And so I looked a little bit deeper. You know, and this is going to be Paddock's already his fifth start. And one of those starts was against the Dodgers, um, what, 10 days ago, I think, on August 3rd. And they did win that game, but the Dodgers put up a few runs. And, you know, Paddock, his first few starts, Arizona, before they kind of got going, he looked pretty good. Looked okay. His second start, that was against the Giants. You know, we know their offense isn't really all that. Uh, then he beat the Dodgers 5-4, to four, but... He was somewhat hittable. And then his last outing against Arizona, Arizona kind of took him to task. They hit two home runs off him. He didn't make it through the sixth inning. So I'm looking at that game saying, you know, boy, I really want to take Paddock. Boy, I want to find a way to take him on the run line with that total dropping. But I just can't do it. And, again, it's going to go back to bullpens. You know, you look at the Padres' bullpen, it's marginal at best. They've already blown four saves this year. You look at the Dodgers bullpen. Well, it's been a little bit more than marginal at best. They've uh, they've got an ERA on the season of one point two four, and and that tells me that I can't bet against that. They uh, they don't want to lose. Excuse me. I can't bet against that. And the Padres beat them the first two games of this series. Not so much last night. I just don't see the Padres winning the series. I think the Dodgers woke up last night. I think they stay woke up. So in as much as I'm never really a Urias fan, I think getting the Dodgers at minus 135, minus 140 at home right now is probably too good to pass up. So, you know, as I talk this through, I, I, I wanted to take Paddock. And this is a case that brings up sort of a handicapping point, if you will. You know, when I saw that, I said, I'm going to take Paddock. And, you know, then I started to do the work and, the work showed me that maybe I'm wrong. So sometimes, and I know people do this because I talk to people, you know, when you're, when you're doing your work, you can, you can make these numbers kind of say whatever you want. In other words, 
I could build a case for Paddock if I wanted to. You know, okay, well, he already beat the Dodgers. Well, yada, yada, yada. Well, this, well, that. But the numbers don't support that. So, you know, rather than rather than finding a way to justify my initial thought, when I went through the work, I knew well, my initial thought's probably wrong here. So, I, you know, I don't like to flip because my lean was to Paddock, but I think the work really shows something other than that. So, you know, I guess my point there is, you know, it's kind of like, like you and I talk, you know, you could say one thing, I could argue the other side just for the sake of argument. And, and, and that is what a lot of people make the mistake of doing and not looking at all the facts to come to a, a solid conclusion. So, you know, I could throw all this out there and be dead wrong when the Padres crush the Dodgers, but I don't think so because the work says the Dodgers are the right side. I'm probably going to be contrarian on this one and probably go ahead and play the over. You know, I don't I don't trust either of these pitchers to keep guys off the bases. If you just go through and look at what Paddock's done, guy's given up a bunch of home runs already this season. And Urias, you know, he's a guy that typically will walk batters. And I just think there's too much power in both of these lineups. And one of the reasons why I think, you know, that this line is as low as it is, I mean, eight and a half is, is quite typical, but – you know, they've played three straight unders in this series. And it's one of those situations where, you know, I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, I get it, you know, eight and a half. But I think that the, you know, current form of both pitchers, you know, it could set up for an over tonight with both of these teams just because both of these lineups have enough power. There's enough hitters in this lineup. So that would be the way that I look in that one. I, I don't have a, a, a real true lean here to the side. You know, it's funny, Uncle Dave, I'm sitting there looking and, and we're already a third of the way through the MOB season. So, you know, in another 20 games, I think we're going to see teams where, you know, you you and I at least need to strongly consider where, you know, this team's out and we need to start looking at, you know, fading teams and, and looking at, you know, who they're putting in their lineups and, and all that stuff. So, you know, as of right now, we don't have a whole lot of variables right now with baseball. I think we'll be able to go ahead and start digging deep and, and diving in as, you know, handicapping, you know, the things that we love to do. And I think we're going to find some real serious edges here sooner or later in Major League Baseball. Well, that kind of covers Major League Baseball. As we talked about, we already talked about the NBA. I'll give you guys a play that I'm certainly going to make today, and it's going to be the Blackhawks and the Golden Knights. I'm going to play that one over. Now, right now, the Knights, Flurry didn't play in the first game. I guess he, he had missed practice or something or another. I'm not exactly sure what happened. Maybe it was a, a paternity thing that he had going on, but he wasn't in the net. And as of right now, the Golden Knights haven't actually confirmed who's in the net. And to be quite frank, I I, I don't care who's in the net tonight for Vegas. I think they're going to give up goals. If Fleury's a, a guy where, you know, he goes into a into a series and that game one, he he generally doesn't look all that great. And I've been watching him, you know, now for like the last two years. And if he does start tonight, um, you know, I just don't have faith that he's going to end up being able to shut down Chicago. I mean, Chicago has a lot of guys out there, you know, that can end up going ahead and putting the putting the puck in the net. So, I and, and another thing with the Knights, I mean, they're they're just they're loaded. They're I mean, they have four lines right now that could produce points and and did in the last game. So, uh, I I was praying for five because I noticed they opened that game under six last time, and I'm like, man, I'm thinking about playing it. And then I'm like, I don't know, it's game one. I don't even know, you know, what, what this entire situation in the bubble looks like. So I watched it rooted for the Knights. Obviously, they end up winning the game 4-1. But I think now that there's a game under their belt, 
I, I do like that over. I was a little pissed though when they came out with that one at six. Well, that's it, guys. That's it for our podcast today. Uncle Dave and I ran through some MLB, NBA, a little bit of hockey. And uh, for sure, we'll, we'll update you guys on some golf stuff tomorrow. As we mentioned, golf has already gone ahead and teed off. So uh, with that said, that's the pod. You guys can get me on Twitter. I'm Sleepy J. You guys can get me at SleepyJ underscore pregame. That's Uncle Dave. You guys can find him at Dave underscore S. And you can get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck today. Enjoy the games. <laughs>